SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. All right, welcome back. It's Fantasy Sports Today right here on Sports Grid. This is hour number two of our show, 1 o'clock here on the East. Craig Mish along with Joe Pizzapia. If you miss any of our live show, folks, very easy to go back and watch on demand. Just go to sportsgrid.com. You can catch all of the videos we do there, our full schedule, whether it is the morning after or uh, in-game live or Gabe Morency. We got uh, plenty of programming to get for you guys. So make sure you go over to sportsgrid.com. Our Twitter handle, by the way, is at SportsGrid. I am Craig Mish, at uh, Craig Mish. I'm not at SportsGrid, but I kind of am. Uh, at Craig Mish, at Joe Pizzapia17, as we continue on here on this Monday edition of the show. Joe, it is great to be back with you live here and covering baseball talk as we get ready for Thursday. Yeah, as crazy as it sounds, we've got baseball back before anything else, which if you said that, I don't know, about three or four weeks ago, people might have said you were absolutely crazy and out of your mind. I'm also glad that on this rejoin here at the top of the hour, uh, last time before, you said uh, Craig and Joe Pizzapia, so I felt like we were a couple, and we very well might be. I mean, we spend uh, uh, an inordinate amount of time together here on the network, but I'm happy about it. I'm sure you're miserable, but hey, you're stuck with me, buddy. Sorry. That's what they say. Yeah, stuck. Mm, yeah, that's good. Stuck. That's good analogy for it. Yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, it's time for us to dive back into some odds to make the postseason. Now, FanDuel is giving you guys all kinds of great options for 2020, whether it's baseball, football, basketball, hockey, soccer, anything that you could possibly ask for. You can head on over there and uh, and get some bets down. And in terms of futures. There's a lot of options for baseball, and simply put, they have all of the options for each team individually to make the postseason in 2020. One of the teams that we're going to discuss here on the show today is the Minnesota Twins. The Twins are coming off a great year last year, and one of their key players, of course, coming back into this year is Nelson Cruz, and Cruz, through the media, was asked about the possibility of getting back to the postseason and sort of what they're chasing in the 60-game season. It's been it's been challenging. I think we all, um, I guess, we're in the same situations. Nothing has been easier, but um, every day it seems like we feel more normal. I guess we enjoy the game. We go out there and have fun, um, and hopefully that's the case for the season. You know, uh, something that is going to be new for everybody, also for us. Uh, don't matter how much you practice and do all stuff here. Um, the travel part to be at the hotels and all that, that's going to be the difficult part. Yeah, there's no doubt, Joe. I mean, that's what everyone is talking about right now in baseball is uh, they feel very safe in the confines of the park, but depending on where you are in the country, it is not so safe, and you have to make sure that you're practicing social distancing and wearing a mask and all of that, and then counting on kids to do that, that could potentially be the problem. But uh, the Minnesota Twins, Joe, uh, simply put, with Cruz and Donaldson and, and everyone else, are the odds-on favorite right now to make the postseason in 2020, and not just the favorite to make the postseason, but to win their division. In fact, you can see this gaudy number here. Yeah. Yes, minus 215 on FanDuel. And so if you're a newbie out there in terms of betting, here's what this means. You're risking $215 just to get back 100 
the value is clearly here on the no, and you're you're asking for something spectacularly bad to happen to the Twins because they do look stacked. But if you bet a hundred and they don't make it, you win back hundred and seventy-two dollars. So that's to kind of keep it simple there in layman's betting terms. But Joe. Um, look, the Twins right now are as good as they've been in a long period of time, maybe since the old Ron Gardenhire days back in 2004 and 2005. Their hitting is just simply stacked. The only thing that I could see as a possibility for them not making it would be, like a lot of other teams, a bad start to the season. If for some reason pitching is very much ahead of the hitting, and I think it may end up being like that at the beginning of the year, if the Twins can't respond to that and they get off to like a 3-8 and eight start, 3-9 and nine start, that would open up the door for the Indians and the White Sox, two other teams that some people feel have a shot to win this year. Yeah, well, I'm going to make the argument that the Twins are actually even better than they were last year. You add Josh Donaldson, another MVP kind of talent to that lineup. It's already so good in the middle when you already have Nelson Cruz and Eddie Rosario, who just does not get enough credit. You have Polanco and Kepler at the top. That lineup just does not quit all the way down to the bottom of the order, and there's still plenty of bats that can beat you at any time. But I think the biggest improvement and the most necessary one that they did year over year is adding the pitching. Uh, Adding Kenta Maeda in that three-way trade was very important for them, and adding Rich Hill, too. I mean, they basically took two guys away from the Dodgers, who I can understand your concerns with them over a full season. And can those guys make 30-something stars? Probably not, but you're not asking them to now. And now you're taking two guys who are veterans, who have some pretty good peripheral numbers. You're putting them into this rotation now that already has Barrios and Odorizzi in it. And all of a sudden now, you're four deep into this rotation, which they were not last year. They were too deep in this rotation, let's be honest. So they went out, did the things they had to do, and added another enormous bat to this lineup. So for me, it's unfortunate, but like you said, you have to wager so much just to make any money here. But it seems like they're almost a lock for the playoffs. This would have to be just catastrophic with injuries or positive COVID tests or something like that, I think, to derail this Twins team, especially with expanded playoffs. So the Twins, I think, are a playoff team without a doubt. I think they're much better suited to make a better run in the playoffs than they were last year. Yeah, I I would think that uh, for me, there just really isn't a lot of value on either of these. Mm. Um, No. You know, the yes or the no. And I'll kind of explain why. Uh, in terms of the yes, I mean, instead of betting the Twins to make the postseason, I would just unload on them as you get closer to the end of the season and just bet on their game clincher uh, at minus 300 instead. Like, just wait till they get to that point. They're a game away from clinching and bet it on one game because you're going to get probably uh, them in an individual game at minus 180 or minus 190. There's a chance of that as opposed to laying 215 to win 100. And for me... I am a believer in their team. And so, um, you know, for me, I probably, this would just be a, a stay away for me, I think, on the Twins. I don't think. Yeah, I would, I would agree. I, the way those numbers are set up, I don't think there's any money to be made there. But, uh, I mean, from evaluating this team and the talent on this team, the Twins are a playoff team unless things went catastrophically wrong. And, and the teams that are challenging them yeah. still have yeah. some holes. All right. I mean, let's be honest, you know? Yep. So we'll be right back. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. (laughs) 
Welcome back, Fantasy Sports Today. Craig and Joe here, back with you here on SportsGrid.com. Great to be with you here on this Monday. Coming up in just a couple of minutes, we're going to talk about a couple of the different possibilities for you guys in fantasy. We're going to hear about Sonny Gray of the Cincinnati Reds and also a potential prospect that has a chance to make the Kansas City Royals. So stay tuned for that as well. But if you uh, were just joining us, and you're tuning in on the TV side. Thanks for being with us for the first two hours. And, of course, if you're listening on radio, we welcome our radio listeners here as well to Fantasy Sports Today. All right, uh, the Arizona Diamondbacks are certainly one of the teams that are up and coming in baseball. They have a nice young pitching staff to go along with the ace that they picked up in the offseason in Madison Bumgarner. They're one of those teams that's sort of uh, going into analytics and churning that roster over and over again. And the problem for the Diamondbacks, of course is they have the Padres who are coming on very strong, and they have the big bad Dodgers who are the favorites not only to win the National League, but in some places uh, potentially to win the uh, World Series. And uh, one of the pitchers in both fantasy and reality that we think is going to be interesting in 2020 is their number four starter in their rotation, who some people feel could be an ace, and that is uh, Zach Gallen, who basically said that he can go out and pitch nine innings if opening day was today. pitches every time I'm out there uh probably not the healthiest you know uh idea but yeah I, I'm feeling good um I feel like I navigated the the time off pretty well and you know stayed right where I needed to be so you know right now I feel pretty good all right so uh, look Allen is is someone that uh, Joe and I have talked about extensively in terms of fantasy but it's going to take a lot more than Zach Allen for the Diamondbacks to make the postseason. We know that. And as you look over at the FanDuel Sportsbook, there is a ton of value of betting on them to make it at plus 220. This number is real, and it's a little staggering to me because I thought they'd be in the plus 160, 170 range. You can win $220 on your money if the Diamondbacks could somehow get into the postseason. Uh, heavy lean here on the no, and and look, I understand why FanDuel has this number. They didn't make it last year, Joe, and they didn't make it the year before, and so you, you got to go by track record. In the last two years, they have not gotten in, uh, but I would look at them on paper this year, Joe, and say, why not? I mean, they're better than they were last year, and I understand that they're up against it playing against the American League West and playing against the National League West as well. But of all of the four numbers that we've looked at on today's show, whether it's the Twins to make it or not make it, Diamondbacks to make it or not make it, I think the best bet of the day on a future would be the Diamondbacks putting down 100 to win $220. Why is that so unrealistic? Uh, it's not. I think theoretically, it certainly makes sense the way you're approaching it. I think the one thing realistically you have to look at, though, is who is Madison Bumgarner at this point in time in his career? If you look at last year, Madison Bumgarner, he had an ERA around two and a half at home. It was outstanding at home in San Francisco when he was on the road. It was in the five range. Now, that is something you just can't have. I don't care if it's 60 games, a full season. It doesn't matter. If Zach Greinke is gone and he's not the anchor of that rotation anymore, then Madison Bumgarner has to step into that role because there is a lot of youth. You do have Luke Weaver in this rotation. You do have Zach Gow in this rotation. So, you know, he has to be that anchor. And if he can't be, if he is a pitcher on the decline, not a pitcher that you're thinking you're going to get another good three years out of, this is the difference of that team making the playoffs and not making the playoffs, in my opinion, Craig. And and I don't know how comfortable I feel about that because I saw that Jekyll and Hyde act with Bumgarner all year last year. I know he's a big game pitcher. I know he's a bulldog. But at the same time, Craig, 
I think there's legitimate concern there because even though the defense is good and even though the offense played very well last year, are you going to get another repeat season of Cattell Marte as good as he was? Are you going to get another season of Escobar as good as he was last year? And I, I think those are real questions, and I don't know if we have answers for them yet, so I'm actually going to lean uh, on the other side of this argument personally and stay away from it. Okay. All right, yeah, I'm uh, I'm, I'm a fan of, of the organization, and I like what they've done, and I, look, I, I don't know what skill set Bumgarner still has at this stage of his career, but I know this, he's he's going in with a chip on his shoulder, and he certainly is going in with a chip every time he faces off with his former team, and he's going to get at least two starts against the Giants this season, against the Giants team that, uh, by the way, it, it probably is not very good. So Joe will pass, I'll lean uh, on the Diamondbacks on yes, and we'll be back tomorrow and we'll discuss two other teams in baseball as well. Uh, back to the fantasy perspective here for a minute. The Cincinnati Reds announced that Sonny Gray is going to be their opening starter, opening day starter here for 2020 on Friday. And uh, and Gray, simply put, who we've talked about a lot, looked fantastic last year. 2.87 run average. He threw 171 innings, struck out 205. This guy's going way too low in fantasy drafts this year. Uh, he was an all-star last year as well. And as I mentioned, as you see there, the Reds named him the opening day starter uh, just a few days ago. And he'll front the rotation. And really, the only thing with Gray at this stage is health. And he has had a lot of health over the last couple of years. He's made 30-plus start starts for them. And uh, the Reds are really excited about what he could potentially bring to the table here, Joe, in uh, in 2020. And I am excited as well. Yeah, and they should be. And if you look at the Sonny Gray stat line from the second half last year, it was even better. And it wasn't the first, which was almost incredible when you think about it, because a lot of people were saying, wow, I bought into Sonny Gray. Is it time to get out around the All-Star break before things go south? And uh, clearly it really was basically a mix of the pitches. And in the previous life there with New York, they, they wanted to do a certain thing. He was not comfortable with it. It threw off his entire game. And what a difference just a year or so makes in a pitcher. This was a guy that we left for dead, basically, in fantasy. And last year, resurrected himself as a front of the rotation guy and i think you can buy in once again to him this year yep i do too jesse winker who is uh, an outfielder on the cincinnati reds uh, talked about gray starting on opening day and what he could bring to the table with sunny leading it he's just um you know sunny's the man i've gotten to learn a lot from sunny here at work and then actually off the field as well Sonny's helped me out a lot. Um, he's been there for me. So Sonny, Sonny Gray, is a, he's an outstanding pitcher, but on top of that, he's an outstanding person and an outstanding teammate. So uh, I, look forward to, I look forward to Sonny Day for sure every, every fifth day, and I, and I look forward to all the guys pitching. And then, you know, don't leave out our, our bullpen as well. Those guys are electric, and um, they come in and they do their job and they slam the door. So we, um, we have a really strong team. Joe, this is the most prepared the Reds have been to make mm. the postseason years. I'm not entirely sure of their long-term game plan because a lot of the moves that they've made over the last couple of years are these one-year type guys, and, and I think their outfield is a little bit unsettled. I don't like what they're doing with Aquino. I can't believe they're just punting him after what he did last year. I, I would definitely at least give him a shot to play DH, but they they seem unwilling to do that. Uh, but when the Reds open up on Friday, that'll be one of the teams that we'll have to watch very closely because if they get off to a good start, it may be one of those surprise teams this year. 
Yeah, it's always sunny in Cincinnati, looks like, according to uh, Jesse Winker there. And I think if you are buying into the Reds and maybe drinking the red Kool-Aid, as it were, then you like hearing these statements from guys like Winker. Because what's happening here is you're talking about hitters and pitchers talking. You're talking about a team that has good camaraderie. And all of a sudden, man, this is a team that could really step into that forefront. Now, a lot of us are really high and, and, and encouraged by some of the moves that they made last year. And we like the Reds this year. And I think this is one of those things where you hear little clips like that. And I think it makes you think, hey, this team is really starting to come together. They really could make a run at this thing. Yeah. Um, and finally, one of the other players that we wanted to talk about here on the show today, and, and we're going to go through this all week long, uh, the Kansas City Royals are a mess in terms of their starting rotation. And there has been some thoughts percolating that Brady Singer could be a member of this team in 2022 start. And this guy only pitched at high A last year, but he was so dominant, they're thinking of giving him a shot. He was their first-round pick in 18. He pitched in high A last year, 53 Ks and 57 strikeouts. And simply put, with Keller not being available for the start of the season and having a hard time naming any Kansas City Royals starting pitchers in the rotation, uh, Brady Singer was asked about the possibility of him potentially being with the team when the season starts up this week. You know, I have no idea. That's obviously not my it's not my decision. That's uh that's up to those, you know, the other guys. But um you know, if I am, obviously that's in, that's incredible and I'm ready to go. So I mean, Joe, a high A starting pitcher being in the starting rotation for the Royals? Is it possible? Anything's possible this year, especially when there's no minor league baseball. So maybe just get this kid a few starts and maybe get his feet wet in the major leagues. You don't want to do it, but hey, anything's possible this year. Yeah, I mean, think about this, folks. You're talking about a guy that was drafted two years ago, hasn't made a single start in the big leagues. But, of course, he does have the pedigree of going to the University of Florida. So we'll give him the benefit of the doubt, knowing that he is a Gator just like me. We'll do that for sure. All right, uh, coming up next, we got some players that are looking to rebound in 2020. Who are those guys? Who do Joe and I like? We'll tell you right after the break. Don't go away. The virus is beatable, but the problem is we don't take it seriously. We half-ass it, and now it's going to get prolonged and drawn out forever. The Sports Grid Network. The NFL and the NFLPA have ongoing negotiations on exactly what the preseason will look like, if anything at all. NFL Network's Tom Pelosero reporting on Monday morning that the league's latest proposal to the NFLPA includes just one preseason game. According to his sources and other reports, the NFLPA is looking for zero games in the preseason with a longer acclimation period. In other NFL news, NFL players took to Twitter on Sunday in a coordinated effort to urge the NFL to listen to its experts' guidelines on safely opening training camps amid the pandemic. Many of the players used the hashtag WeWantToPlay to accompany their tweets. The idea for the tweets, according to ESPN's Dan Graziano, came from Miami Dolphins cornerback Byron Jones, who suggested the idea on one of the players' internal planning calls. Jones' idea, the sources said, was to get the message out to the public that the players do want to play, but they want to stay as safe as possible. And with the NFL leaving it up to individual teams and or local municipalities, as to how to 
guide fan attendance at the games. Las Vegas Raiders owner Mark Davis is leaning toward not having any fans in attendance. In baseball, it may only be a night of exhibition games, but we are moving somewhat closer to major sports being back in our lives. It's a full slate of games on Monday night. The Nationals take on the Orioles, the Royals and Astros will square off, and the Giants and A's will play out on the West Coast, among other games happening. Some scores from exhibition games on Sunday. The Yankees used five home runs to beat the Mets 6 to nothing at Yankee Stadium. Luke Voigt, Giancarlo Stanton went deep. Aaron Judge hit two of those homers as well. Surely a good sign as the slugger has been struggling to get healthy so far this year. The Orioles beat the Phillies 4-1 as well. Pitcher Julio Terran said Sunday that his delay in reporting to Los Angeles Angels summer camp was because he did in fact test positive for the coronavirus. The right-hander said he began to have symptoms two days before the start of camp. He was later tested. The result did come back positive. He made his comments on a Zoom call with reporters on Sunday. Terrence said his wife and son also tested positive but were asymptomatic. Xander Bogarts was removed from Sunday's intra-squad game at Fenway Park due to a tight hamstring. We'll wait word on whether or not that's going to be a lingering issue this year for Bogarts. In the NBA, Thomas Bryant is a full go for the Washington Wizards for the season's restart in Orlando. He had tested positive for COVID-19 a couple weeks back. I'm Dan Straffer and this has been your Sports Grid News Update. Welcome back, Fantasy Sports Today, and thank you very much, Dan Stratford, for that update. Dan will keep you updated on this show as we are live back here on SportsGrid.com and over on YouTube as well. And Joe, wouldn't you know it, this is actually for the first time in in, uh, four months since March, the first small piece of breaking news that we have had that we can actually give you live. It is honestly so meaningless but I feel like just saying breaking news here on the show and breaking something here on the show that I want to do it. I don't care. It's not even a big deal, but but breaking news. You you can tell that it's been a while for Craig Mish. Craig Mish likes to take the news and he likes to break it into a million pieces and then send it out there for everybody. But you could tell right now that Craig Mish has been waiting for months now to do something like this. So I don't know what this news is. Craig is going to break it. I'm very excited, even on though he's a, already tempered my expectations. Yeah, on a live show, it's cool. On a recorded show, it means you got to do it all over again. This is true. So we prefer to do it live here. Ranieri will tell you the same thing. He, he's very well aware of this, uh, having having to come back and do things uh, over again. All right, so the, the small piece of breaking news that we have, and again, it's not a big deal. I just wanted to say breaking news. We're live. I wanted to do it. Uh, uh, Joe, the Reds uh, have received word that Derek Dietrich, speaking of the Reds, we talked about them, has opted out of his contract. He has not opted out of the season. He just doesn't want to play with the Reds. And after the great start that he had last year, he completely fell flat. He didn't even get a major league contract offered to him again. It was a minor league contract. Uh, Dietrich, I think, has a future on TV and radio. I think he's going to be very good at that. Um, if he wants to continue playing baseball, I don't know, Joe. I, I don't know that he will have an opportunity. If it is, it's it's some American League role uh, you know, coming off the bench. I, I don't see anything. I don't else. know, man. What about the pirates? We were just talking about it. the pirates have some needs, right? Why not the pirates? Polanco, right? We were worried about, they've got nobody here. What are they going to do? They need more depth. I think he's going to latch on with somebody here, but I guess it's not uh sunny in Cincinnati for everybody. Cause Dietrich wanted out. And it's so funny, Craig, because just was it like last week, I think, or, or Friday or Thursday, we were talking about, you know, guys who were surprisingly leading the league and things were up at the leaderboard, uh, over 60, 
games last year. And Dietrich is one of those guys. He had, what, 16 home runs between April 1st and June 1st. So what a difference a year makes. Now, all of a sudden, he's a guy looking for a job on another team. So crazy. Uh, but uh, that is some breaking news. I, I whew, Man, huge. I think we need a second to just take that in. Yeah, huge huge news here on on fantasy sports today on Sports Grid. All right, so uh, getting back to where we were here on the show and staying on track for the rest of the show, let's talk about some players, Joe, who didn't really live up to expectations in both reality and fantasy last year, and we think that this year there may be a comeback. In fact, a couple of these guys could actually be qualified as maybe comeback players of the year in Major League Baseball. Let's start off, Joe, uh, in Oakland, and uh, in particular – Let's talk about Chris Davis, who, for whatever reason, did not meet the numbers that he's met the last four years in a row, and his numbers dropped off significantly to 23 home runs and 73 runs driven in. And the runs driven in isn't a huge factor, but the home runs were. This was a 40-home run guy every year. And honestly, Joe, didn't really matter. Oakland's got Matt Chapman. They've got Olsen. They've got Simeon. They've got Canha. They have a lot of hitting, and they don't really need Davis. But if Davis wants to resurrect himself and get back to who he was, remember, he plays no defense. He's just a DH. Joe, Davis has got to hit 30 home runs this season to stay in the line. Or not this season, but he's got to be a 30 home run guy, a power guy, to get back into the A's lineup. Because honestly, they got other options there. Well, Chris Davis ran into a wall early last year. It was never the same. He said it himself. He had all sorts of back issues afterwards. He had a couple other things going wrong for him physically, and he just never got on track. But he also played through it. And everybody always complains when the guys get hurt and they don't play through it or try to. And then the guys play through it, and then we all find disdain for them. Here's the thing I want to point out. This is a guy... Uh, never going to hit for high average. Okay, we know that. But this is a guy who hit 40 or more home runs three straight years in a row. This is a dude you could set your watch to. And yes, he is only a DH like Craig so astutely pointed out. But, but let's not forget that Chris Davis is also a guy that has enormous power and has fallen off the map in fantasy drafts. And if you have a draft coming up tonight, tomorrow, or anytime before the season opens, guess what? This is a dude that you can get so much cheaper than normally because he is just the DH because he doesn't qualify anywhere else. But the power you might be able to get out of him there at the discounted ADP is enormous. And I think you take that shot on him because getting a guy who can hit for enormous power, even, you know, bring down the average, but he gives you RBIs, runs and power. If he can give you those three categories, you take that out of a utility or DH bot in fantasy any day of the week. Yeah, I'm a little worried here. I, I can't 100% get behind this one because uh, some guys just deteriorate. Some guys, the bat speed slows down. And I'm not saying that that's the case with Davis. But in a fantasy league with a guy that doesn't uh, play a position and has taken a dip, uh, there's more seeing to believing for me. So uh, I'm passing on Davis this year. Uh, Lorenzo Kane, on the other hand, of the Milwaukee Brewers, also one would consider had a down year last year for sure. Uh, his numbers in terms of OPS was way down to 697, the batting average at 260, which you could sort of live with, although he's been more of a 280, 290 guy. Uh, also, Kane tends to be 16, 17 home runs down to 11. And then the key number that you see there at the bottom of your screen, Joe, is the 18 stolen bases, and Kane has always been a 20-plus stolen base guy. Now, we know in a 60-game season there's no shot of of Kane maintaining those kind of numbers, but the question has to be asked, and I think it's a fair one, are Kane's best days of baseball and offense behind him? 
I don't know if we know the answer to that yet, but what I do see is an opportunity where this is another guy that, because of the down year, is being basically just left out there. Uh, you can grab this guy, and you might get a little bit of a power bounce back. He's never going to be a 25-home run guy. That's never been his game. The most troubling thing is that OPS. When your OPS drops under 700, that is a big, giant red flag to me. However, I think that physically speaking, this guy is an incredible athlete. I don't think he's happy with his performance last year. And I would say, you know, looking at this Milwaukee Brewers team, they're going to be a good offensive team, better than people realize, especially with that DH in there. This is a guy with a rare combination of a little bit of pop and really above average speed that I think you take a shot on late because back even just a year ago, the ADP and the value I didn't like because, again, he wasn't a 2020 guy. He was a he was a 15 and 25 guy. And those guys are very different than 25, 25. Those they're a totally different universe. And sometimes people want to overpay for guys who have any speed at all. Now, all of a sudden, this is a guy that's been discounted ADP wise. And I think you take a shot on Lorenzo Cain this year. And he's a guest on SportsGrid. So and he's a guest, your sure. friend of the show, and he told us he was unhappy with his performance last year, and I think yeah. that matters, doesn't it, Craig? A guy who has great I, I, pride I, in what I, he does, a little, that a little bit, we'll take it. With, with Lewis Locaine, we'll take it for sure. All we'll right, uh, moving on to the New York Mets. Uh, the Mets rotation is going to look vastly different than it has the past few years. Who would have thought? Harvey, Wheeler, Syndergaard, where are all you guys gone? You're all gone. You're out. Uh, Rick Porcello is in the Mets rotation in 2019, and boy, did he get lit up last year. Wow, 30 <laughs> oh, runs. 5.52 earned run average, uh, 143K is not a big K guy, also not a big walk guy either. And the thought process, I think, in the March part of Fantasy Joe was that, oh, this guy's in the National League now, and it's going to go better for him, and he's in the National League now, and it's going to go better for him. And I'll keep repeating myself because none of those things are true anymore. Now he's in the American League, sort of, because there's a DH. <laughs> and, uh, and yeah, like, I, I mean, I don't know. I don't know, Joe. I got to tell you, I was a lot more confident knowing he was going to face a pitcher two or three times a game. Mm-hmm. I'm a little concerned now at this pace. This is a good example of a, of, a, of a fantasy draft that you had in February or March that you want nothing to do with this player, I think, in August. Yeah, I actually watched him pitch this weekend, and um, he did not look terrible against the Yankees. He looked like right. a little bit more of the Rick Porcello that we saw a few years ago. Now, let's not forget, the guy won a Cy Young, much to the amazement of all of us, not that long ago. And you look at the ERA of 5.52, and and you say, oh my goodness, I'm not touching this guy. But the big problem is the home runs, too. Giving up a ton of home runs. If this is a guy that can keep the ball on the ground a little bit more this year, I think he has a, a good chance to win some games, get you some quality starts. And, you know, you made that comment about him not being a big strikeout guy. Well, a couple years ago, the strikeout rate actually took a big uptick because early in his career with the Tigers, he was never a strikeout guy. He was a guy I avoided like the plague because his K per nine was somewhere around like six and a half. And those kind of guys I do not want to deal with. But all of a sudden, that's start to get better in his years with Boston. If he can find just a little bit of improvement, get that K per nine back over that seven and a half range, maybe even push to eight, keep the ball down, give up less home runs. I think there's an opportunity for Rick Porcello because he is still new to a lot of these uh, hitters in this division that I think he could be a decent, again, deeper league dollar throw kind of guy. I don't think that we're allowed to use the terminology of avoid like the plague anymore. I don't think we're that's fair. That. That's fair. These are uh, transitions that we're all making here in the new normal there. I, I appreciate uh, you pointing that out on live TV for everybody. Yeah, because we're sort of going through the plague. 
right now. Yeah, it, it, it's a bit of like the plague. Less sword fighting. Uh, you know, usually the plague, they always seem to be like these these like moments where, you know, we were all carrying a sword with us and there was lots of battles. It's it's not it's not what we were told it would be. No, not quite. All right, uh, moving on from Rick Porcello, we go over to the opening day starter of the uh, Detroit Tigers, Matthew Boyd, who last year a lot of people thought he was going to get traded. I mean, he was the talk of it. And, boy, any team that would have acquired him, if he would have pitched for them in the second half, they would have regretted it. I don't know what happened to this guy. Uh, you know, he's got a little Robbie Ray in him, Joe, to me. A lot of strikeouts, yeah. high, high ERA, gives up some bombs. But Some? it doesn't really put Some? face. <laughs> yeah, a lot. When when guys make contact, it goes far. Is there any other summary that I need to give other than that? No, it's pretty good, but the problem is, you know, some. 39 home runs is not some. That is far too many to be successful in Major League Baseball. Now, the, the good news is the strikeout to walk rate is is absurdly good. The, the good news is the caper nine rate is very good. And the good news is also, thirdly, that if he pitches well enough, he could find himself dealt, and he could help a lot of teams. I agree. There's definitely agree. a lot of guys... Uh, looking at at Boyd potentially to uh, to to be an addition to a rotation, but it's all about trimming the home runs for Boyd. And if he does that, he could be pitching on a better team sooner than later. Yeah, Tigers want to see those young kids in the second month of the season, and the season is only two months. They're gonna and you know with Zimmerman out for the year essentially. Tigers need to make some quick moves. I think we'll be back with fantasy or reality right after this. Don't go away. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back. It is Fantasy Sports Today on Sports Grid. I'm Craig Mish. Don't forget, coming up later today, our good buddy Scott Farrell is going coast to coast. Make sure you stay tuned and stay on the grid here on Sports Grid. He's coming up in just a couple hours from now. Joe and I will be right back here tomorrow at noon Eastern. We'll talk about the White Sox second base position. We'll go through some fantasy odds as well. Of course, we still have about 20 minutes left here on the show. And so, As we're going to do every day here at the end of our program, we're going to play a little game called Fantasy or Reality, and we'll uh, bring in my co-host Joe Pizzapia, of course, for that. And Joe, uh, it's always a fun game to see if things are real or fake, and in this case, it's fantasy or reality. And so we're going to touch on a number of different topics today. Essentially, these are a set of questions that we'll call true or false, but in the spirit of keeping things fantasy-related here on SportsGrid, we call them Fantasy or Reality. Yeah, it's fine by me. I'm not a big fan of reality. Reality is totally overrated. I prefer to live in fantasy, which is why I'm here on this show with you. But let's let's play a game. I am always up for a game. Let's do it. Okay. Uh, let's start off. Our first uh, question on fantasy or reality today is a little fantasy football. We'll start off with uh, A.J. Green, who signed his franchise tender over the weekend and says, and circle that, says he will report to training camp. 
Uh, Bengals executive vice president Katie Blackburn said, we're pleased that he'll be a part of the team this year, starting with the first practice by signing AJ, puts himself in the team in the best position to have a great season. And just insert, uh, you know, you guys remember those old uh, cartoons with peanuts and peppermint patty and the teacher. You don't need to hear any of that. It's all nonsense. Um, Here is the question, Joe. Fantasy or reality, A.J. Green saying all the right things, Bengals saying all the right things. Fantasy or reality, does A.J. Green actually play, assuming there's a season, actually play for the Cincinnati Bengals in 2020? Fantasy or reality, what you got? Oh, I think it's reality. Uh, I think as long as we're getting closer to getting paid and you got Joe Burrow there and a fresh start, I'm all about it. I, I think it's a it's a rejuvenation process for AJ Green, and I think news like this, and the more we get to any sort of uh, long term deal with AJ Green or anything like that, all of a sudden I think you're going to see AJ Green stock start to climb up, and it's climbing right now. You can get him as a wide receiver three, which I think is a tremendous value in early drafts. One of the positives of early drafts is if you have the guts to go out on a player uh, like an AJ Green who has big time talent. Look, you might not be a wide receiver one anymore, but can he give you, I don't know, four or five, maybe even six wide receiver one games throughout the season? Absolutely. I think he can give you that. And I think he's looking right now, as long as he's getting paid, as long as he's getting some respect in this offense, and he's got a young quarterback like Joe Burrow in this fresh start, I think there's a lot to this. So I say, reality, what say you, Craig Mish? Yeah, I, I'm I'm all in on fantasy on this one, and I think both the Bengals and AJ Green are absolutely handling this the right way. We see so many times in the NFL, whether it's Le'Veon Bell or all these other players talking about how they want to, they want out, they don't want to be there. Dak Prescott, I totally get it. The player has the right to say whatever they want if they feel that they are not being treated fairly. But in the case of A.J. Green, here is the deal. The Bengals are not going to win this year. A surprise season would be like 8-8. Eight and eight. A.J. Green has been with this team for a long time. He's had some playoff appearances. This guy wants to win a Super Bowl. So you get the Bengals together. You get together with A.J. Green, and you say, listen, A.J., the only way that we're going to be able to trade you or two two things are going to have to happen. The first thing that's going to have to happen is you're going to have to, you're going to, have to be quiet here because if you say that you want out, we're going to have no leverage in any trade that we make, and we're not just going to give you away for free. So that makes sense. And the second part of it is, is that you have to sign this franchise tender and you got to show up because if you don't, then everyone is going to know that you don't want to play with us. So that's what happens behind the scenes. And then, of course, as we get word of training camp, as we get word of the regular season, on the eve of the regular season, something happens in sports, something happens in football, whether it's COVID-related or wide receiver injury-related, and the Bengals pull the trigger. They get themselves a second-round pick for A.J. Green. They're happy. The Bengals are in the middle of this rebuild. Remember, they only won a game last year or two games. Come on, they're not going from one win to ten. A.J. Green wants to win. He ends up with a contender. The Bengals end up with a pick. So this is fantasy for me. I don't think that he plays a single game in a Bengals uniform this year. I'm so trying to get over your Charlie Brown impression because it's very rare you get Craig Mish throwing out some impressions there. And it was kind of a wah, wah. It's more like wah, 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 I think is what you're looking for. But nonetheless, that was stunning to hear on the program. All right, so there you go. Question number two, fantasy or reality? A story came out this weekend that Malik Smith, in order to avoid any nonsense that was going on anywhere near his house or around his house, decided to spend spring break essentially – uh, late March into early April, uh, sleeping in a camping tent. This is true. This is what he said. 
that he did. And uh, the picture that you'll see here is not actually of the camping tent, but just a generic <laughs> camping tent. This is not the one that Malik Smith slept in, nor me, nor Joe. But for purposes of the show, we have to have a camping tent. And so there we have it. And so I uh, don't know if it helped him or hurt him going into the season. But nonetheless, he just did this to avoid any issues. Uh, congratulations, Malik Smith is, is back on the field now for the uh, Seattle Mariners. But the bottom line, Joe, fantasy or reality, has Joe Pizapia ever slept in a camping tent? Fantasy or reality? Uh, good question. It is actually reality. Uh, as a kid, I, I did sleep in a tent a few times. We had some of those like fun backyard uh, campouts as kids. Uh, as an adult, not so much. Like, uh, I don't know. I, maybe I'm just a stupid city boy who doesn't quite understand uh, the allure of camping. Although, now that I'm getting older, I do kind of understand maybe the high-end camping or like the lodge kind of a scenario. That actually is more appealing to me. I think I could actually get off the grid, no pun intended here, uh, for a little while and do that now that I'm a little older. Is Craig Mish a camping kind of guy? I'm curious. Fantasy or reality? Yeah, it's it's actually a reality. I, I have spent a night in a camping tent, but I would say that the amount of times that I have done it is the number one. I've only done it one time. Um, I'm not a huge camping guy, so uh, I, I have probably had incidents in college where I've maybe slept in a car or on a floor or something like that, but not, but, but actually physically uh, pitching a tent is what they call it. Uh, I've, I've done this a total of one time. And, and uh, I'm just not a big I, – I would prefer to just sleep in the cabin that was right next to the tent. I remember going on camping trip and saying, why aren't we just sleeping in that cabin? Oh, that's no fun. you got to do the tent. I'm like, all right, so let's do the tent. Yeah, I'm with you. I think the cabin is definitely the way to go here. Uh, you know, cabin. Oh, look, good, good, good for Malik Smith, though, getting back to nature, getting back to the simple things in outdoors. And instead of going out and partying and doing stupid things, doing something smart and, and just and protecting himself. So good on Malik Smith. How about that? Yeah, good for him. Not for me. All right. Uh, finally, <laughs> fantasy or reality. Here we go. This is the big story of the day in baseball. Uh, Alex Rodriguez and Jennifer Lopez are really stepping up to, to own these uh, New York Mets here, folks. Okay. Now, look, there are people that can buy Major League Baseball teams and not put a lot of their money up and have a small percentage. We've seen this happen before. But in this particular case, the reports are that A-Rod and J-Lo are putting up over $200 million uh, to own the Mets, which would essentially mean that if they partner up with uh, this guy from uh, Body Armor, Under Armor, I apologize, I don't remember which one it is. But either way, uh, this, this would give A-Rod, Joe, some controlling interest and and basically put him into a similar situation to Derek Jeter where he would be the CEO at the very least of the Mets and would be making the calls on the Mets. Now, we also understand that they don't have the most money to put up in this thing. It's Steve Cohen is the guy that has the most money to put toward the Mets, and if mm -hmm. it gets into a bid war, I don't know how high uh, A-Rod and J-Lo are going to go, but over $200 million, is nothing to sniff at here. So I ask you, Joe, fantasy or reality, when the Mets sale is come and gone, will A-Rod and J-Lo own the Mets? They will. Fantasy or reality, they will own the Mets. Fantasy or reality? 
I'm going to say fantasy. I want it to be reality because I just want somebody else to own the Mets as a as a long-suffering Mets fan myself. Uh, I have had it with ownership over the years. It's why I don't go to the ballpark anymore for years and years. And I used to be a season ticket holder once upon a time. But no, it's a fantasy. By the way, I feel like we should start, you know, I should start calling you C-Mish and you can call me JPs or whatever. Like, we, we need to really start doing that on the program because, I mean, A-Rod and J-Lo and all, like, Ugh, I mean, do they call each other that, you think? I don't even know. It's the I got yeah, nothing. I'm a, big, I'm a big fan of those short nicknames, yeah. You like those? You like that's not a nickname. Absolutely. I keep telling you. you the Cobra, that's a nickname. You ever, you ever see my phone? Uh Joe well, Rain, no. Joe Ranieri. I got Joey Rain. Joey Rain. Do I have an, I don't even want to ask maybe. Maybe do I want to ask do I have a nickname in your phone? I got G Sus. G Sus G Sus. So is, so that's like a certain level you reach with Craig Mish, where you are uh, you, you have a nickname in the phone. This is important information. Yeah, you I have to appear. Yeah, yeah, that's. I think that's better that way. We we keep it professional, you and I. Don't get too close. <laughs> yeah. We gotta we gotta keep it keep it real here. But um, well, what about you? Yeah, Fantasy I, reality. A Rod uh, is part of the mess. Really, here. I, I thought I thought a lot about this over the last uh, five minutes. Um, I, I think they're gonna own the Mets. I think they're going to own the Mets. I do. I, I think that uh, Major League Baseball likes attention. I think that having Jennifer Lopez as an owner brings attention to the Mets. I know that there is there was some previous negativity with Alex Rodriguez, but simply put, this guy has completely rebuilt his image. I would say over the last two years, he, he was a guy suspended for an entire year of baseball. And Billy Corbin did a whole movie on the guy, Screwball, showing just how crazy it was. He he went to try and avoid getting caught doing steroids. Uh, but it's amazing. He he has arguably had one of the best image reclamation projects that I've ever seen. And uh, make no mistake about it, sometimes the commissioner will get involved in these sort of sales. And I know it from Miami's point of view. They wanted Derek Jeter to be the owner of the Miami Marlins and rebuild this whole thing. And they did. There were other people that had money too, but um, you know Bruce Sherman and Derek Jeter ended up uh, purchasing this thing, and um, and I think they made the right call there. By the way, I don't know if it's the right call, but I I'm gonna say it's a reality. And in a month from now, we're gonna be saying that the uh, Mets have new owners, and it's A Rod and J Lo. Do you think if Jeter could do it all over again, he would have waited and maybe had a run at the Mets and stayed in New York? Just curious. Boy, that's a great question. Uh, Why well, he I'm here never, on the program? I ask great questions. Yeah, he, he would never, he would never say uh, yes to that. He would, he would never admit to that. But I'm guessing, I don't, I don't know though. Isn't there that that unwritten? Thing with the Yankee Mets and the Met Yankees. thing, yeah, yeah. That's that's why I asked because it, let's say he didn't, and you wanted to get. Let's say the Marlins thing didn't happen. You wanted to get in that ownership business, and that is that is tough. Like I, I would, I'm sure, you know, tweak some Yankee fans, some longtime Yankee people. Oh, Derek Jeter is part owner or CEO of the Mets. Like that's kind of a weird thing. Now as a Mets fan, I'm I'm fine with it. <laughs> I know it tweaks some Mets fans too, but uh, you know, owning a, a baseball franchise in New York as opposed to Miami is different. And it's one that I'll have to ask because I'm not I'm not entirely sure. Of that, I think that taking it to the next level would be: was it any baseball team, or did it just happen to be because it was Miami and he lives in Tampa, and the proximity is not far, and it was just a natural fit? Because I would I would double down on that, Joe, and say, look, the Royals were sold right recently, true, um, and they and he could have you know a Rod and J Lo, or even uh, Derek could have you know potentially got in and bought the Royals. 
if they wanted to. And, yeah, I don't think J-Lo's world. moving to KC. Sorry. I don't see that no, happening. That, I'm not sure about that one, Joe. You probably are right on that one. So, All right. Uh, we got to take a brief time out here on SportsGrid. But, of course, uh, we got uh, our final coming up here, and we got our SportsGrid 60. And, essentially, this is 60 seconds of Joe and I just yelling about random topics in sports that we feel very strongly about. And so we hope you stay tuned for that. It's coming up right after this. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. All right, we got a couple minutes left here on the show. Craig and Joe back here with you before we say so long here at the top of the hour. Two o'clock, we'll be right back here tomorrow at noon. Uh, Let's end with a little Sports Grid 60. Joe, take it away. What you got here to end the show? Now, I get annoyed at a lot of those home, you know, renovation shows. Not a big fan. It's always the same thing over and over again. But I can't help but make an equation to those shows and MLB. I feel like what's happening is we're getting a fresh coat of paint and all these things and it's going to be fine and you're going to sell the house and we're going to make a profit. But deep down underneath, the structure's falling and the foundation is crumbling. And if you thought the last couple months were bad, you ain't seen nothing yet. But it looks great now because we have a 60-game open concept that we're going to sell the public. Just wait. Just wait for the 2021 CBA, boys and girls. It's going to be a bumpy ride. So sour on baseball, even with the, it being the first sport to come back this week. Poor Joe. Joey P. Pisa Pia. All right, uh, I'm going to end on a uh, on a sour note. I think we all believe that the NFL is going to come back and play in September. But what a horrible look. Just as bad, if not worse, by the way, than baseball to have arguably one of your best stars in the NFL in Drew Brees. I know one of your most washed-up stars in Todd but stars nonetheless coming out and essentially saying that we want to play. Isn't this the same exact thing that Major League Baseball did and now we're looking at it differently than we are in the NFL? The NFL has had all kinds of time to get their act together. And let me tell you something. If they don't play and get started and have this all figured out, they have no excuse whatsoever. What have they been doing for the last three months? Going back and looking at Roger Goodell's... uh, basically his closet or his garage and just patting themselves on the back for off this great draft guess what we have a zoom call every single day here on sports grid too we're gonna pat ourselves on the back for being able to go live on television from all of our homes get those games going nfl don't screw this up you have a great opportunity in front of you the last thing that you want to do is have all your players popping off and we're just a week away from showing for the season for joe i am craig thanks to joe chris and brett for the show today see you tomorrow at noon
SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.